Hey everybody, welcome back, and uh, today's another episode, and the topic for today, and jumping straight into this, oh yes, by the way, oh, I cannot forget, hope you're all doing well, you know, hope today is a very nice, peaceful, positive day for you, despite a lot of the bullshit I might talk about, that, uh, matters to many people and matters to me obviously otherwise I wouldn't talk about it you know I don't want to sound so pessimistic or negative all the time I do like prefer to live a positive mindset as best as I can which is something I try to encourage other people to uh, as uh, live by as well so anyways yeah hope everybody's doing good and today I will be talking again more about my faith and probably a lot more about history um, or history that I've can remember and what I've learned so yeah not trying to repeat myself from the previous episode especially since this is unscripted I had to go back and listen to it so I can kind of get an idea of where I was or where I went in the conversation and so, yeah, today I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, let's see, I started with the birth and a little bit of certain beliefs based on history, according to things I've learned via Graham Hancock and stuff. Um, I'm going to say one point in, in uh, my faith, at one point, it was in my mid-teens, I believe, late mid to late teens, I think I was like 16, maybe I was 17. When I stopped believing in churches. Some people will find that like, what? You gotta go to church. Church is how you learn about God and how you blah, blah, blah. But I just, I, I stopped going to churches because they started not feeling right. It didn't feel that that was what, uh, what God wanted and in terms of like, like, that was the right way to do things. Like, a lot of people try to push me into saying, you know, this is the only way to to be about God, pretty much, is what, you know, what they were suggesting. Not, And everybody that I always spoke to in regards to my faith would always tell me, well, you gotta find a church, Zanoke. You gotta find, you know, da-da-da-da. And if you, you know, in order to feel part of the community of God and stuff. And I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like that. I didn't, I didn't believe that. I really just drifted away in that regard from thinking that I needed to be a part of a church. And also certain other things in my life were starting to get uh, more get me more involved with. You know, like I started dating and stuff. And that kind of detracted me. You know, I will be honest from my, my faith that it did. But it didn't... Uh, Detract me where I would stop believing. No, I didn't do that. I just uh, didn't attend churches anymore. Eventually just found out that I didn't believe in a lot of the churches. Because it, it does ultimately say in the Bible that the church is two people. You know, I think I believe it's like two people uh, minimum, so to speak. 
but the church is spiritually it's you when you get down and you pray to God that is the church so we don't need these physical structures to to be an indication of oh we have faith in God or we believe in God no we don't need that a lot of people just forgot that it's become so shoved down our throats <laughs> that people I think that's what's uh what kind of creates this misleading image of belief like we can't believe in God unless we go to a church now that's that's not exact that's not that's not how it is just read the Bible have that book and have that faith so that's for me that's where it kind of drifted away uh, from churches and it's very interesting because now um, I found more evidence for myself I guess to back my reasons for not believing in churches oh and by the way I guess I can make longer episodes so I don't know how long this one's gonna be in but it's not gonna be too long uh, I'll probably try to stick to whatever flow of conversation I'm at so yeah <clears throat> so anyways the uh, my belief in, in churches has definitely been uh, adjusted because of what the evidences I've learned <laughs> adjusted but yeah so and what I've learned is really more recent that I've learned too most of my time even during my military service I never stopped believing there were, there were odd experiences I had at least once or twice in my military service like there was this one time I remember that and and I, I kind of pull it uh, not pull it off or I kind of believe it was more of a what do they call that a a sleep paralysis um, moment but it maybe I don't know it was very weird because I don't think I was paralyzed maybe I was maybe I wasn't but it was in the military I remember I was with my my uh, staff sergeant and a fellow soldier and we went we were on a mission we were for some training i believe and we had uh, gone to a different base it was in south korea and we didn't have like a barracks to stay at so we kind of just went into this this they gave us this bay this big big room with a where we could set down some cots and stuff and lay on them and i remember at one point in the night waking up and seeing like this dark shadow between me and my staff sergeant and it was a uh, very obviously very creepy experience i don't remember if i was paralyzed I, I i just cast it off as being a sleep paralysis thing but i you know i, I can't fully remember if i was or not i just remember the experience and i definitely was scared but it, I remember hearing like this, it made like a noise, 
and then it just disappeared. It like moved around. It like I'd say it ran off, but it wasn't really running on two feet. <laughs> but yeah, it was like a dark shadow. It was like a weird thing. It was like between me and my staff sergeant, like there was hunched over type of deal, and then it just moved and ran off. But yeah, so my faith never disappeared, regardless. Uh, even in the service. And so, this recent information that I've I've come across, just really further like it made it makes more sense to me uh, when I read about it, and, it, and it, it does apply a little bit to history. Now, there's certain things I've learned which is kind of interesting too. Like uh, apparently, there's some theologists um, that are, I guess they're historical or archaeological theologists that have that are starting to come to the conclusion that. They believe Jesus wasn't a carpenter, but a stonemason. Now, whether or not that's true, they need more, like, evidence of, uh, uh, you know, archaeological studies and stuff. And the reason why they suggest he was a stonemason is because there was, uh, they're, they're, they actually found, or they actually, uh, dug into the history of the region that Jesus grew up in, and pretty much realized that there was not a lot of trees in that part of, of uh, Israel or uh, where they were, uh, I think Joseph, right, I believe, uh, Jesus' father, where uh, they lived. So anyways, there was not a lot of tr trees, and as a result, they what they did have a lot of was a lot of stone, and stone masonry was, was pretty big uh, in that region. So they just, they're, they're trying to figure out whether or not that was true, if Jesus was a carpenter or not, and instead if he was a stonemason, because they also use a lot of correlation in the Bible where it talks about rock, you know, like the, the God mentions something of the rock or whatever. But the word rock is used a lot, or stone, rock and stone or something like that is used a lot throughout the Bible. Excuse me, <clears throat> and so that's where they tried to. They're trying to figure that out, which was quite, a, pretty, which was pretty interesting to learn, and so, so that there's that um, that uh, bit of it, history history that's coming out, and we'll see where that goes. That that'd be pretty interesting, and I, I wonder if how that would how people would feel about that, because everybody's always just assumed that Jesus was a carpenter. And honestly, yeah, but this is coming from theologists that are Christian faith. They, uh, they're the ones that are Christian, Christian archaeologists that are starting to uncover this, this stuff. So very interesting. I don't know how big of an impact I will have. Honestly, even if it changes to me, it doesn't matter. It's like, all right, cool. Jesus was a stonemason. Awesome. At least we found that out. That's cool. You know, we can correct that. But, you know, the other things, too, is what, uh, where the, with the, with the history in terms of my belief in the ch churches, I also came across the evidence of what, what, I, I looked, I wanted to figure out who the the Roman governor was 
who had uh, been the one to to I guess crucify Jesus during his reign, I guess you could say. Um, I'm talking about the Roman Romans reign, and so because I was reading about it and and part of that same article where they were trying to figure out whether or not Jesus was a stonemason. Uh, not the same article, but it was like, a, I think it was the same site or whatever. They were also trying to figure out who the governor was. Because in the Bible, there's not a lot of talk about him in the hist historical history. And as a result, the, I can't think of, I can't think of his name right now. But the, the governor uh, is often portrayed as being this humble, uh, this humble, nice, generous type of leader uh, kind of dude. But according to archaeologists, that they're starting to uncover evidences that this guy was not a humble and generous and kind-hearted man. He was, in fact, more of a tyrant. And actually had a history of, of uh, severe abuse towards the Jewish Jewish uh, or is Israel Israelites and committed a lot of like not atrocities but a lot of crimes against them and as a result he had been summoned to back to the to, to Rome more than once as a result of his I guess you could say his way of uh, governing a region and so anyways that would obviously make a huge impact in the religious community or at least the christian community because there are there is a lot of christians that believe that he was a great man and things like that and this is like things about history that need to be fixed need to be corrected right which i think is good because finding out that he was a tyrant that's a that's a big shocker there <laughs> that definitely would change the Results of the movie Passion of the Christ, right? <laughs> Where he kind of he's kind of portrayed as a a good man, and he didn't want to soil his hands in the blood of Jesus, right? So this would be that definitely changed that Im imagery there. But what I so when I was looking into this and I found that out, I was like, oh well, that's very uh, that's very interesting. I didn't know this, and it's good that they're trying to find this out. So what else? What else can I find about this this point in history? related to Christianity and my faith and stuff. And I looked into the who f who founded the Bible, right? The actual Bible. Because before it before the Bible there was the I believe the Jew, the Jewish uh, Jew, Jewish people call their Bible the Tanakh. If I am correct. And that has like it's essentially just the same thing as the Bible. It's the Tanakh. They just call it the Tanakh. The difference between the Christian Bible is that they add a few books, and and they rearrange certain stories uh, for a, I guess you could say, chronological order. Maybe I'm not. I can't remember exactly why, but yeah. So I I looked into who who put together the Christian Bible, who formed this Christian Bible. And they found out that it was the Roman Council of like 382, something around that the, the, that year, those years. And the Roman Council of 382 formulated the first Christian Bible. 
And it was very interesting because I just started, I was going down this train of thought about like, wow, you know, okay. So they put the, together the Bible. All right. And then as they, and then I just started thinking about other things too. Like, okay, that's very interesting because the Romans pretty much founded the, the Catholic church. One thing that I, that I started thinking about was like, because of like, I don't believe in churches was if you look at the apostles or the disciples of Jesus, they, they never formed churches. God never told them to go create a church. Jesus never told them to go create a church. They were pretty much ordered or told to go preach the word of God to the world. And so it was, it's very interesting to, to look back on that because why were churches created? We created, we people, mankind created the churches. God never told us to do that. And so the Roman council created this Bible. Then they founded the, the Catholic church, the first, you know, Catholic church and stuff. And as a result, what, you know, I, I started looking at the history and looking at like these points in times of what happened as a result of all this or I shouldn't say as a result, but, you know, over time, right? What happened after the, the, the form, formation of these, formation of the Bible, formation of the Catholic Church? Well, if you look at the history, what happened to the Catholic Church? Well, they split. They, the, that's where you have the, the Orthodox Catholics that are in Constantinople or something like that, which is pretty much where the, the Russian, the Russian uh, Christians, uh, Catholic followers pretty much believe in. They, 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 I think, I believe a lot of Russian Catholics follow the Orthodox Church. And I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. <clears throat> and then you have the, the main, the well-known one, the Roman Catholic Church. And that's, you know, there, there was that split. And then what happened again after that? Shortly after that, they split again. And what, what came out of them? The Protestants. You know, the, they... They split from the Catholic Church because they accuse the Catholic Church of corruption. You know, nobody is is infallible, and so they split from there. They then they formed. The, they went into the UK. You know, the Western Europe. They formed that church. That church system, and then what happened from there? Again, <laughs> they split again, and they split, and they came to the Americas, and. You know, it just kept going. I was looking at this this trail, this correlation, and how how the churches just kept splitting and splitting and splitting, and it and it sounds to to be it started to look more like that's obviously a problem. That's a huge problem because that starts to and this is just my opinion. It starts to dilute to dilute belief. It starts to make the faith become far more distorted and possibly even corrupted or corruptible because as we could see not all christians are great christians there are some very twisted torp forms of christianity even i will say that especially when they climb or the ones that like try to support racism or segregation that's obviously not what the bible teaches but they manage they still twist it in a way that it makes sense to them a lot of people just blanket like 
Christianity and faith because they're like, oh, well, just because, you know, because those people are racist or, or, or they happen to be racist or, they, they, or they're uh, encouraging segregation, that means all Christians are racist or encouraging segregation. No, that's not true. But the, if you read the Bible, it actually doesn't teach that. Not at all. Not even close to that. <laughs> Jesus teaches love and compassion. You know, how how does that come off as being racist? Love and compassion? Wow, okay. Anyways, so... The... So that, that just really stuck out to me because... The amount of churches that it, that exist in the U.S. is a crazy number now. It's like over a thousand or two thousand churches exist in the U.S. And they're not all one church. They're different churches. All trying to profess that their version of the Bible or their version of faith is right. And that's where I think is contributing to the, the, the dilution of, of our faith, of Christianity in general. Like, it's really affecting the overall outlook of, of, of the belief system because more and more people these days believe less in in God and believe less in the Bible which is funny enough is exactly what God predicted is going to happen he says in the Bible that the, the faith will, will dwindle the faith will fall away and it's like it's interesting because people who read that should know that and yet, it's still happening. Now, one thing I'll say, it is, it is my belief that, and this is something interesting that Graham Hancock himself even suggests, because he's read, like, he, you know, he's read, I don't think, I don't know if he's read the Bible or not, but he does draw comparisons from a uh, a topic he, he talks about, what was it called, the Hermetica? And in the, it's a, an Egyptian prophe prophecy that r sounds very similar to the biblical prophecy of the book of Revelations. And Graham Hancock pretty much states he hopes that the, the prophecy isn't true and that mankind has a chance to can really j just change its ways. And, you know, I was thinking about that in terms of the prophecy in the Bible. Like, I feel like why else would God tell us the prophecy? Not just so that we could believe that he exists. I feel... Obviously, this is just my opinion, and this is just my speculation on the matter. I feel that maybe he gave us the prophecy because he was pretty much pointed out to us, if you keep doing what you're doing, this will happen. And it will happen like this. Now... Because he gave us free will. He gave us freedom. So we could make different choices. And so I believe that, you know, I kind of believe that if the, the, he gave us this prophecy because it's pretty much to say, you can go a different route than this. But if you, that's only if you choose to believe in me and, you know, and the, and the likes. But because people have taken it upon themselves to try to control what God is trying to say, or not God trying to say, but what God says, that's what's contributed to the, the fall away. <laughs> and, 
And a lot of it is a mixture of many things, to be honest. It's greed and, and uh, corruption and all that stuff that has led to this, this, you know, heavy distortion of, of belief in my, in my, in my opinion, because the, uh, Christians all around the world no longer seem to really follow the teachings of God the way they should. Now, I'm not perfect. I mean, you could obviously tell that. I, I swear a lot in my, <laughs> my, my, uh, my podcast, and that's just, it is funny because I wasn't like that before the military. After the military, I became really, uh, uh yeah, really, uh, potty mouth, I guess you could say. <laughs> but, um, and so, I'll, I'll admit that, I'll admit that I'm, I'm not a 100% like solid, faithful kind of Christian or believer as I should be. But that's between me and God, and that's between you know, I have to make that choice one of these days, or if not, you know, sooner, to get off my ass and and do something about it. I can't wallow away in in my own sympathy or whatever, and and I wouldn't, and I can't blame God for that, because that's my choice. I'm making that choice. It's something I'm obviously doing of my own volition and so the all of this learning the history about it has really just got me you know thinking about why that where and how and how it's affected uh, the faith and the belief system you know because of the the split of all these churches and stuff that's kind of why I I do look to the Catholic Church still because despite how corrupted I feel they are they do retain more of traditional teachings and as a result they they have stuck to those teachings for the longest time which in eerily enough is is actually starting to shift a bit and it's shifting in a way that's concerning because it also there's a there's funny enough there's a prophecy by the Catholics themselves and then they call it the 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 black pope is how I was told. And it's not to say that the guy is black-skinned. Uh, maybe he might be. I don't know. But it's it's not suggesting that they're black-skinned. It was referring to the black pope because it was the last pope prior to the end times, is what they're saying, or prior to the Antichrist's arrival. And it's eerie because, according to the the suggestions as well, in the prophecy, the Black Pope is going to be someone who kind of preaches a lot of, like, unity and, and, and preaches a lot of uh, acceptance of different beliefs and stuff like that, which is what our what the current Pope, I was going to say what our, but, you know, I don't follow it like that anymore. But what the current Pope, I believe is Pope Francis, uh, how the way he's been behaving, he's... Recently, in the past few years, there was an incident down in South America where a idol of a uh, goddess, a fertility goddess or something like that, was placed before the steps of a Catholic church down there. And the community was extremely upset because they were like, no, in the Bible it says there shall be no other idols before me. 
you know, or false gods. And so they, you know, what did they do? They took those idols and they threw and they destroyed them and threw them in the water and stuff. And Pope Francis came out calling for calm, saying like, no, you know, that's that should be acceptable. That's that's just that area. You guys, that's the indigenous beliefs. And, we're, you know, we want to be accepting of the indigenous people and things like that. And honestly, that was, you know, when I when I heard that, I was like and read that. I was like, wow, you know, that's that sounds a little contradictive, even, you know, from from what I know or not contradictive, but um it goes against the uh, teachings of God, and so you know he's done more. He's done other things too. <clears throat> he's done other things as well uh, that have drawn a lot of criticism for his method of of being uh, this religious figure. Now, not everything he's doing is is bad. But in the prophecy, he, he's supposed to be a man that does do stuff like this. So it is begging the question for many in the Catholic community who are, who are really starting to look at these, this uh, prophecy as whether is, is it true or is it not true. But obviously we don't know because it's one of those things that even God himself says we'll never know the day or time, right? And that's for... That's for him to know, but the fact that the prophecy exists is something we should still pay attention to, still be aware of, and I don't think we should freak out about it because if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I one thing I've I've told people before is the way I believe in God is He's someone who who he's He's God. If He's gonna do something, who are we to stop Him? If He comes down and says, well. This is now considered a crime. Okay. Well, what can I do about it? I can't challenge God. He's omnipresence and, and, and all that jazz. Whatever else he could do. Like, he could do, delete me from existence if he so chose to, right? And so, I will just have to accept that fact. People are like, well, you, you shouldn't accept that. You know, that's not how God really is. And I was just like, what? 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 <laughs> what? Because it, God is real, and if He chooses to do such a things, then what are we supposed to do? That's He's He's the one that created the laws. He created us. He He makes the damn rules. But He and He can dictate what to do what to do with us as He as He so wishes. But He hasn't done that. He has told us He gave us the the, the freedom of choice, free will. So far, he seems to be a god that has a moral standard in terms of, like, he abides by his own decisions. Which is great news for us. Because he gives us this strict code of conduct of what we should be following. He tells us, hey, this is what you should do if you want to be in my good graces. And so, a lot of this, that, that, uh, so what's going on with the Pope and stuff, it's just very, it is very concerning and it's very like we got to stay aware and stuff, but we obviously should not freak out and definitely don't listen to too many people trying to say like it's the end times and, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you, if you've heard about 
Christianity and you heard about God, then it is your choice whether or not you want to take that step to, to go any further. Nobody else can tell you to do that. I'm not even going to tell you to do that. Because I, that is not what I like to do. I'll talk about God. I'll talk about that stuff. And I'm always down to, to, to discuss, have discussions like it. I have nothing against that. And if you have different apparent, dif differing opinions, that's fine too. But I'm not going to shove my, my belief or my, again, like I mentioned before, I'm not going to shove that down people's throats. And that's another thing I never liked about, you know, certain Christian groups that do that. I think that's, that's wrong. Jesus didn't go around shoving his teachings down people's throat. He stood and just talked and people came and listened. Now he spoke way differently. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, and, and that's another thing uh, that I've learned recently too was, and whether or not this is true, I don't know. I've, 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 re I've read it and I actually really do think it is true is the, <laughs> excuse me, is the uh, discovery of the Buddhist, uh, the Buddhist uh, scripts, script scripture and how supposedly a, a Buddhist monk had come to the Catholic Church and given the Catholic Church a, a scripture of evidence that and proof that Jesus had gone to to there to India pretty much. And so I read this book and it was some Russian dude had gone and was looking for the lost histories of Jesus, so to speak, the years between the age of like 13 and 14 to like 32 because in the in the bible we don't the, that whole area is, that whole time frame is missing and to me i i did i've always kind of wondered that i was just like you know what what happened to jesus where did he go because i remember he in the bible he like jumps on a on a wagon cart and then heads east and that's where it ends and then like the next page jesus is walking down the uh the water coastline and he that's where he starts gathering his his initial apostles. So it was very interesting. So I was reading this, the scripture, and if people are interested in, it, I can share the scripture itself or point to the uh, the book. But it's a, it's it's free. I mean, it's not free. You have to buy the book. But um, but the scripture itself, I feel, is very important. I don't know why. So you know, it's not more widely uh, distributed. But again. Like, it's, it's not backed by a lot of uh, theologists, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But from what I've read and reading it, it does seem to make a lot of sense to me. And it makes it actually has a lot strong correlation. Uh, and, I will, and strong correlation because after reading it, I did look into the regions that is mentioned in, in that scripture. And so happens to be that the... The group of Christians in India reside in the same areas that Jesus had visited in in the scriptures, which is very interesting to me. I'm just like, wow, how like they're not spread everywhere, but the fact that this this was a region that Jesus had spent more time in, there seems to be a stronger following of Christianity in that area, and it just so happens to coincide with the correlation there, right? And so. 
But it was very interesting because the thing that stood out to me in the scripture was the way Jesus spoke, which was very similar to the way he speaks in the in the New Testament. But his words were a little bit different because he wasn't preaching to, to Jewish people. He was preaching to non-Jewish people. And so one of the things that it mentions is that it does mention that a young child by the name of Isa because I guess it, uh, the the Buddhists and stuff they refer to Jesus as Isa, and they talk about how he had ventured from from the land known as is Jerusalem or Israel, and traveled there. And along his ways, he had everywhere he stopped, he was preaching. He would talk. He'd talk about God and stuff, and he was converting groups of people everywhere he went. He was he was. Every place he stopped and visited, people came to listen to the words coming out of this, this, this child. And the Buddhists actually referred to him as God incarnate, which is very interesting. I was like, huh, they, they literally considered Jesus God incarnate. And so, so they were, you know, they, they talk about that, how he went there. And there was a point where he, I had to learn these words because is I didn't know what these words were, 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 uh, referring to. But he had become so renowned on his way uh, to where the, to the final destination that even the guards and the religious leaders of those areas became very really resistant to Jesus entering their their cities and villages. But Jesus would still go through them, you know, because he had to. That was the route they were going, and. At some points, you know, he did very something very similar, interesting enough. Uh, not exactly the same, but uh, he was challenged by these religious leaders that, you know, how is Jesus, you know, the God of Jesus so, you know, real and blah, blah, blah. And then got, Jesus, they, you know, challenged him with a, with a, with a response. And and it, it, it shook the, 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 the believers in that community and, and 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 as a result they had uh revolted against their religious leaders there which caused the religious leaders to flee in terror and yeah so like everywhere that jesus went it was it was very interesting that he was converting groups of people to to the belief in god and and all he was doing he was a kid he was like 14 years old you know 15 16 maybe by that point and people were just listening to him you, you would think, you know, what was so appealing to this child when most of the people listening listening to him were probably adults that have experienced a lot in life. They're looking at this kid as like, you know, what does he know about life? But no, they were looking at him and they were listening and, and they just the words reached him in ways that was, I guess you could say, shocking. And... And that's what—that's one thing that Jesus is known for. Like, when even in the, in the New Testament, everywhere he went, he would talk, and when he'd preach, people would listen. And then when they'd listen, they just—they just felt things touch their heart, right? And it pulled them. And so it was very interesting reading how this journey he was making. You know, he went there, and and to me, when I read this, it, it never—it never disproved to me my my belief or my faith in God. Never once. Some people were like, ah, so that just shows Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Because he ends up going to, according to the scripture, to the 
Buddhist monks, and he, he comes across them, and when they listened, they heard, again, it's, to them it sounded like the, the Creator was speaking to them, you know, the words coming out of Jesus' mouth. And when they they listened to him, they, they, they took him in, and they taught Jesus how to, to read this, the Buddhist scriptures in their tongue. So Jesus learned how to speak uh, whatever the language was. And they actually says the language, what language he learned. I just can't remember what it was called. But they they taught him the Buddhist scriptures. They taught him all this stuff. All the while, as Jesus stayed, he would be preaching as well and, and teaching them and teaching that, the community. At one point, he had to flee one of the temples because, again, some of the, uh, the guards and the religious leaders were becoming very, you know distraught because Jesus was pulling away so many people and so they were you know they chased him out and Jesus managed to escape and then he went on to another area and learned more from other Buddhist Buddhist monks and stuff now a lot of people might find that very I don't know not true or whatever they might say oh you know that it doesn't say that in the Bible it's like yeah that's kind of the thing is like it's, I wonder why it's not in the Bible I feel like that's very important now, I, I, to me, like, it doesn't, again, it doesn't disprove anything to me. So what? Jesus was a kid. He was also, you know, part man. He, yes, his, his, his father was God, but he was also still human. And so he still suffered from the same temptations, the same, you know, deals that we had to deal with emotions, you know, most likely. And, you know, because it does say, say that Jesus had overcome all the challenges of, of sins and temptations and, and the world had to throw at him. And so this was probably a part of his journey where he was in there and, he, and they, the Buddhists, just helped him to refine the way he spoke and the refine the way he, the, 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 the way he spoke, you know, or just taught things, right? And so when, when we see him again back, when he re comes back, because it actually says in, in the scripture as well, that Jesus heard, or not heard, but gets news of the, what do you call, the cries of, of the Jewish people, the Israelites coming out of Israel, like because of the governor and how he's treating everybody. And, which is very interesting, because again, going back to what I said earlier, in the scriptures, the, the Buddhists actually refer to the governor as, as, a, as a tyrant, as an evil man, which is very interesting because... I had read the other thing first, and then I read the scripture, and I was just like, whoa, they, they, they also, in this scripture, refer to that governor as a tyrant, as a bad man. And it was very, you know, I, I just that's another thing that kind of convinced me that the scripture must have some level of truth to it, if not all of it being true. And so, the, so, so he, he hears this, Jesus hears this, uh, hears news of this, and then he makes his way back to Israel and Jerusalem. And that's kind of where the the scripture, uh, the Buddhist scripture kind of talks about. And that's where the New Testament comes in. <laughs> when he, By that point, Jesus is like 28 or something like that. And so 28 or 30, because by the time he gets back to Israel, he, he's 32 years old, something like that. And so, yeah, the, um, so he... It's, it's that kind of stuff it was important to me as a important historical element if it's true and I and again this is just my 
my opinion after reading it that I think it is true to some to a good portion, a good degree. Uh, and it's very interesting that's not that it's not included uh, to to in the history books or not in history books, but in the Bible. I don't know why the Catholic Church refused to include it, but I feel like that's something very important. That's something that shouldn't be ignored. I don't know why it's not being, like, how do you say, distributed elsewhere. Now, if it's proven to be incorrect, like, I don't know. I haven't read anything about that. But from what I'm reading strictly of the scripture, it doesn't sound incorrect. It sounds like, sounds like that's who, that, that sounds just like Jesus, the way he talks. Interesting enough, he also preached at one point in the scripture of the, the respect towards women the love towards women, things like that, because we, we come from the womb of the woman. And a lot of other things that are, are, are in this Buddhist scripture uh, pertaining to what they, Jesus has spoken and stuff is, is very interesting because it's a lot of stuff that I think needs to be included. Now, I kind of, kind of, this, this whole conversation has kind of drifted a lot. And so uh, let's see if I could find uh, a good end point I think I'm pretty much there because there's not much more in this subject or not subject but this point that I could talk about that was one of my most recent biggest like discoveries in uh, in my faith and belief and the reason why I don't uh, believe in churches I don't encourage people to follow churches I think if you want to be in a church that's your choice that's fine if that makes you feel more at home with God, I guess, then that's, you know, all the more power to you. But I don't believe in churches. I don't think we need churches because it seems to be causing more issues than not, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I think I'll end it there. I think that was a pretty good chunk. A little bit longer this time. Again, I'm not trying to go super long yet. I don't know. <laughs> But hopefully all of you enjoyed this. If you have any questions or if you have any, uh, that you want to be a part of this conversation in a way, you know, definitely leave me comments in, uh, in my Facebook page. Uh, the, the description again is in the main page description or the link is in the main page description and keep everything civil. There's no, I'm, I do not condone belittling or any of that kind of stuff. If you have differing views, that's your choice, or not choice. That's you know, that's your opinion. That's your deal. I'm not against that. If you want, if you believe differently, so. But keep things civil. Be respectful if you do leave comments, and yeah. So yeah, definitely. If you, again, if you want to leave that, go to that Facebook page. It's in the in the the links in the description, main description, and wherever you're listening to this, uh, definitely follow. And if you want to support me further to allow me to, I guess you could say, encourage me to keep doing what I'm doing, definitely go to my main anchor page and support me through there. I hope everybody's staying safe. You know, you're all, you know, great and staying positive and all that stuff. Keep that up. You know, we're almost through this pandemic. You know, don't, uh, don't feel too distressed and listen to some good music, contemporary piano music, classical something that might calm you too. If you're feeling a little trouble, but, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this. Take care everybody and hope to see you in the next episode.